0: Tune in to Refresh Radio with Regina Johnson. Who is Regina Johnson? Regina Johnson. Author, pastor, motivational speaker, and life coach. Regina is inspirational, motivating others to live out their purpose. Regina Regina is is passionate, tenacious, and relentless about helping others fulfill their destiny. Her goal is to bring a refreshing to someone's life. Join us every Sunday, 7 p.m. Eastern, 6 p.m. Central, right here on Never Had It So Good Sports Media Network. Dial in to share your heart with Regina at 657-383-0309. That's 657-383-0309. And remember that Regina says... We
1: all know you really haven't failed until you stop trying. I want to be to people what others have been to me. And so that's, that's really the purpose of Refresh. It's the end of the day for
0: people to feel refreshed. So call in at 657 383 0309. That's 657 383 0309. You'll be blessed by her wisdom, strategies, and encouragement. That's Refresh Radio with Regina Johnson, a never
2: had it so good sports media network. real with us. And I'm talking about women
1: uh, addressing areas in their lives so that they can move forward. Um, today's guest, uh, myself, we're going to just sit down and we're, we're going to talk today about pressing past obstacles that are sitting way, recognizing um, things that we need to correct ourselves um, so that we can be set free, not depending on um, anyone else to do it for us?
2: Before I move forward, I'd also like to take this opportunity to give a shout out to my girl Princess Cooper. For those that are to follow, uh, I bring many blessings over to your show to come.
1: Uh, last week we had the opportunity to be able to um, interview. Lieutenant Colonel Tonya Hatchett, retired Lieutenant Colonel uh, Tonya Hatchett. And during that interview, and you guys will get a chance to hear that, not today, but you'll hear that interview on on next week. But we talked about how you really see yourself. One of the questions that I asked her was, when did you know that you were called to make a difference? And uh, one of her responses was that She really didn't know. She was just kind of doing what she did uh, before she even entered into the military just to, um, you know, just her parents said she had to go to college. And uh, so she decided that she would. But it wasn't until she really had someone else to identify who she was and what she was called to do. Once she stepped into her call, she realized that, not only was she called, but she was anointed to do it. Now, when we use terms like anointed, I know there are some people that may not even know what that means, and I'm saying it from a uh, theological uh, standpoint, that to be anointed to do something means that you've been supernaturally empowered to accomplish things that you could not get done in the natural. And today, during this show, I want to talk about how, we go past what we know how to do and into what we were created to do. The title of the show is called If Only You Could See Me. If Only You Could See Me. Now, when you hear the title of the show, you would automatically think that we're talking about someone on the outside. If only you could see me. But really what I want to talk to you today about is If only you could see yourself. The best way I think that I could share this or really talk with you guys today is I just have to be real, be honest about me first. For many years, I could only catch a mere glimpse of who I was. I really couldn't see myself. I really couldn't see my potential, my gifts. I just did what I could do to just sort of even survive. I was raised in an area where um, I I was kind of like a square trying to fit into a round peg. And I think that really that was intentional on my parents' behalf. They raised me to think differently and operate differently than my surroundings. But when you're young, it's hard to fit in there. And so you don't know how to stand independent of uh, others' thoughts and views. So what I did was I spent most of my young life trying to fit in. Now, I know today society that women are really, and young girls are really, pushed to have our own minds and thoughts, but, but back then it was like, We had a choice, and when I say back then, I'm not like in my 80s or 70s. I'm actually 57 years old. Um, My mother raised me to have my own, to think on my own, but still it seemed as if it was sort of limited. Like if you were not going to do these types of work, when you stepped outside of the box, it was very difficult uh, to just find your way. And because of that, I found myself pressing to really fit in. The thing that I was called to do anointed to do, I, I couldn't see it because I was so busy trying to fit in and flow uh, with what everybody else was doing, not wanting to be that person that stuck out. The reason I feel like today's show is important is because if we're going to move forward It doesn't matter what other people can see. You first have to be able to see yourself. When you can't see yourself, you have a tendency to lean into paths that have already been pre-cut. Do things that have already been done. Listen to other people's opinions and views concerning you and making decisions based on what they think. I lost out personally on a lot of time because I was always trying to fit into a mall that made other people comfortable with me. I can tell you today that there's nothing about my life that has ever fit into that mall. But I spent a lot of time trying to force myself into a place where I just would never fit and be able to live out my dreams. By trade, I'm a professional choreographer. I've been nominated for Grammy and Dove. And and to me, that was a very comfortable place for me to operate. But as far as having examples of that in my life, there weren't any. I didn't grow up in in a community where you saw a lot of the arts. Um, If we were going to see it, We had to actually go into the city. I lived in a small township outside of Houston, uh, Texas, called Conroe, Texas, where we had performing arts, but not at the level that would produce someone that would want to operate in the profession for, you know, the rest of your life, but things maybe you want to indulge in, you know, like taking ballet or music lessons, like just on a local level, nothing that would challenge you to want to go to try out for uh, to be on Broadway or to go be a part of uh, the symphony um, or where you want to press yourself to be on. Maybe if you are a uh, thespian that you would want to be um, on television or acting live again on Broadway. I didn't have those examples, but I had dreams and visions where I could really see it. I could see it for myself. And so the first mistake I think that I made, because I could see it, was that I would ask other people what did they think, how did they see me, would they try, or even would they go with me? And for a period of time, if I couldn't get someone's sign on that with me, I just, I just wouldn't go. And then I came to a place to where I would just strike out on my own. Before I get to the place where I struck out on my own, I, I want to talk to those of you who still can see it. You you have a desire to do something that no one, there are no templates for it that's in your life around you. But I want you to know that you can get there on your own without anyone else being there if you have the ability to be able to see yourself there. The word of God says that our gifts, they make room for us. Now, when the word says that the gifts, the way that we were created, see, we were made to be able to do certain things, not saying that we cannot be trained uh, to become you know, doctors, lawyers, dancers, speakers, but that there is this natural inclination that draws us in a certain direction. And if you are not afraid to follow that unctioning, That place that cries to you the loudest, you'll be able to stand in it. You'll be able to produce there. When I think about just these very words in which I'm saying, one of my cousins crossed my mind where he always wanted to play um, professional football. Now, usually when you have kids that end up playing pro ball, whether it's in basketball Whatever, whatever sport, uh, football, baseball, usually they, they start out pretty young, you know, like Pop Warner, uh, play at least by the time they're in junior high school. Well, this man was, he never played like in elementary school. He never played in junior high school. He, he, he began playing ball when he was in high school. He had such a heart, a desire to be there, up front, center to allow his talents to come forth, uh, that by the time he hit high school, he really didn't see any action until he was in the 10th grade, and that was towards the end of the season. And then he really didn't get any real play time until his 11th and eleventh 11th grade and senior year. Well, when he graduated, he wasn't offered any scholarships. He had to walk on at North Texas uh, here in, in Texas, North, Te- North Texas State, but I tell you what, by the time season started at North Texas, they were offering him a full ride. At the end of his senior year, he was offered. Uh, he was, well, not offered. He was he was a part of the draft, and he ended up being drafted to play professional football. He didn't allow looking at time or what people said, and I'm telling you, there were voices that were all around him that were saying, you know, you're coming in too late. You're You know, you'll never be able to catch up with anyone else. You won't become, you can't get strong enough, fast enough in that time. You can't even be taught the skills that you need to to have, develop the skill set in order to be able to be that, at that level of ball play. But he proved everyone different. He proved them to be wrong. Because the thing that was alive on the inside of him, he was willing to teach himself what others weren't willing to teach him, willing to take time to study uh, films, plays of the, the other ballplayers that played the, the uh, position in which he played. And he pressed himself and believed in himself beyond what anyone else would say. And I tell you, it proved out. Now, his career wasn't real long, but he at least got to be there. It, 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 he, he, he actually showed up in that arena, and perform. So what I'm saying is, in the Word of God, when it says that your gift will make room for you, it will, even if it's just for a short season. If you're willing to believe in just you, silence the other voices in, in your head, silence the other voices around you, make the necessary moves to be able to position yourself to be the person that you know that you could be You can see the results Of that come forth I'll just take a quick break But I'll be right back in a moment You're listening to Regina Johnson And this is Refresh
0: Spreading the word of the Lord Through music ministry on Gospel 107 We're live on NHISG 101.1 Every Sunday Gospel music from legends Lee Williams Rance Allen and Shirley Caesar Join us for Sunday service Delivered by Pastor Regina Johnson Pastor Russell Moore And Pastor Johnny Ray Noble Bible Study with Pastor Aaron B. Williams And Christian Talk Radio With Pastor Annette Watson Pastor Annie Sally Pastor Warren Sally And Benita Coney Gospel 107 Every Sunday on Never Had It So Good 101.1 Never had it so good. 101.1 is proud to have talk radio on their platform. Like Pastor Regina Johnson, Refresh Radio. James Deche, Thoughts, Love and Reflections. Daquan King, Revive Radio. Warren Sally with Man Cave Radio. Sky Wonders, with Unmuted, Your Voice Matters. Wake Up Call Radio, with Pastors Warren and Annie Sally. Peace Within Radio, with Henry Washington. The Bible Has the Answers, with Pastor Aaron B. Williams. Dig Radio, with Pastor Annette Watson. Crazy Sports Mom, with Doretha Anderson. Been There, Done That, with Cindy Smith. Pave Your Way to Success, with Rudy and Michelle Govan. Spiritually reincarnated with Gilbert signs. In times like these with Benita Coney. Sports Talk Atlanta with Matt D and Travis McGee. Sports Talk Carolina with Andre White and Neek Emerson. Sports Talk Money Podcast with Elliot Johnson. Power 803 with Reverend John Robinson. Totally healed radio with Angel Anderson. Bless This House Gospel House with Bishop Timothy Henderson. And it's a way out and a way to stay out with Marlon Reed. I'm talking about absolutely the best talk show host in the country right here. on never had it so good 101.1, the The world's radio station.
1: Hey, guys, this is Regina Johnson We Refresh here at NHISG Sports Media. Uh, today's show is about if only you could see me. It's talking about having the ability to be able to see yourself beyond the opinions and views of others, being able to see yourself clearly so that you can maneuver and obtain the things that's meant for you. My show for today, I mean, the plan for today's show is actually to have uh, one of my special guests, um, that I had the privilege to uh, interview this past week, Lieutenant, retired Lieutenant Colonel uh, Tony Hatchett. Uh, but she was unable to uh, get with me uh, here at the last moment. so I thought, you know what, today I'm going to take this opportunity to just really encourage someone to move forward and to uh, grab hold of what you know really belongs to you in this life. I am currently working on a book called If Only You Could See Me, and it's really referencing you, us, not if only you, the person that's, you know, on the outside, but me, if only I could see me. It came from a season in my life when I didn't fully grasp who I was, and so I just kind of floated through life and just took whatever was thrown at me because I had come through so many tough times. Now, now, I don't want to paint a picture that I lived this life that, you know, I had to struggle all my days. That, that wasn't the case. <laughs> but I did make some decisions with, which brought some consequences, and I had to really struggle to, to break through those places. And I had to struggle to be able to see myself again. Before we, we went on break, I talked about when you, don't, when you can't see yourself, you'll allow people to speak over you what they think, how they see you. And so many times it's wrong. How they view us, it's, it's wrong. They underestimate the power that's in us, and it's wrong. So they'll limit what they think we can do and they'll stick us on a shelf somewhere and tell us we're not smart enough and tell us that we're not strong enough or we don't have the tools. But down on the inside of us, things are at work, and it's telling us, you know what, you can do this. You you can you you, you you can be this. But if we listen long enough to all of the words on the outside, we'll deafen, we'll become deafened to the words, the voice that's speaking loud on the inside of us. I can I talk to you just for a second about just you know, long decisions a lot of times can deafen the voice. The the voice that That speaks to us. And now, for those of us that know the Lord, we know that voice as the voice of God speaking to us, the Holy Spirit leading us. You know, the word says that the steps of a good man, they are ordered by the Lord, that he leads our steps. He he shows us which way to go. The word also says that he set my end in place before my beginning, which means that the thing that I'm really created to do—it was already placed here in the earth rim before I was even born. And so, God, He He created the thing, and then He created me to operate in the thing. I wrote a book a few years ago. It was called "Unstoppable You," and there's a chapter in it, and it talks about uh, it talks about just uh, jumping, it, 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 jumping like taking those leaps off of a cliff, even though I'm afraid, confidently knowing that I have the ability to be caught by God, that I can get the job done. Well, bad experiences will make us doubt, not only ourselves, but it will make us doubt God. It will make us question whether or not we have the tools, the ability to be able to get the job done. And before we know it, we're no longer listening to that voice that is so deep within us, that voice of God, the leading of the Holy Spirit, and we began to be led by the voices, views, opinions of other people. And uh, I'm telling you, that's a sad day when that happened. I remember that when I was growing up, there were a lot of voices, because I, I shared this at the start of the show, that the thing that I was called to do, the arenas in which I was called to operate in, there were no templates around me. Like, I mean, there were plenty of people that were in, um, that were educators and some that were in law. But when you started reaching the areas of the fine arts, there weren't really any examples that were that. I mean, like those people that I could really put my hands on. I saw it on television. But by trade, I'm a professional choreographer. There weren't a lot of black dancers in our area. Um, and I didn't see any examples of it. And so, well, what about like, you know, companies like Alvin Ailey? I didn't even hear about Alvin Ailey until I was like um, an adult. Or no, well, I take that back. I knew of, uh, of a Coco's Dance Factory, um, and uh, in Chicago, um, Alvin Ailey. I probably didn't learn about his group until like I was in college. Just not exposed, but I knew I had a desire to dance, and it just came very natural to me. But because there weren't many things, like I said earlier, that I could really plug into, I danced. I never stopped dancing. I danced in college, I danced professionally, but I really had to be self driven because, like I said, there weren't any examples of it. So because I was doing this, what, and, and doing what I had a passion and a gift, a talent to be able to do. Um, I was made fun of. It was um, I love now. You can see like on on um, Facebook and Instagram these links where it talks about um, brown girls in ballet, and uh, I love it because I never saw those things. I mean, I knew there were a few that were out, there. and of course, like you know, the Debbie Allens, they were they were there. I mean, and there wasn't a lot of those that I knew of but the ones that I could see, like, on television because, you know, we could watch Fame uh, for those that are a little bit older and you see Debbie Allen walking around with uh, her uh, her uh, um, uh, performance staff and she'd be hitting the floor and, and you know, and that was just the coolest thing. But, but as far as seeing, like, a lot of it happening where you could feel comfortably resting in that place, um, it just wasn't there for me. But I didn't let that stop me, but I almost did. I I, uh, I remember when I would be made fun of, and even in sports, uh, I remember that while I was competing, I still was dancing as an athlete. Um, I was still dancing. I remember my coaches, they were like, there's no future in that. If you can't get any scholarships dancing. Why don't you just quit and, like, really focus, you know, on uh, – on running track or focus on playing basketball. It just wasn't there. You know, I didn't see girls, a lot of brown girls, going to, you know, college on dance scholarships. As a matter of fact, I couldn't tell you one. But even went for, you know, because they were a part of a drill team. I didn't start seeing that until, like, I was in my late 20s. I didn't know that there were opportunities to where you could – go and you could just be, like, a part-time choreographer for, for high schools or colleges until, like, I was a little bit old and was able to to land a job, but, you know, I just didn't see it, and so it was easier um, to just, it would have been easier for me to have just gone in another direction, but, but I, that voice that spoke loudly to me, I knew that it was, it was all right if I went, and if I went alone. You may have a voice that's speaking to you. The God, the Lord might be showing you that you were really created for this thing that screams the loudest in your life, but but you don't have a template. You don't have anyone else that's encouraging you to go. And as women, sometimes we just have to be strong for ourselves. And I know we have the ability to be able to do it. In a show that I recorded uh, last week, they were talking about we were talking about single women, single mothers. There's nothing more powerful than a single mother, a woman who is forced into a position to have to raise her children alone. You got to get the job. You got you to pay for school. You have to take care of clothing, you know, food, all of these things, make like all the decisions, buy yourself, work, come home, be mom, go to the schools, check on the kids, you know, everything that, that in the norm, you know, and I know that the populace now is pretty great where there are a lot of single mothers, but when I was growing up, Uh, That still was kind of an odd uh, sight, you know, and if you saw a single mother, it was the the husband may have been deceased or or they were married and then divorced, but you didn't see it as like that was a choice, a life choice, or or the mate, he he just abandoned you, you know, you didn't see a lot of that. Where you see women that just make choices, I want to be a mom, I don't see myself getting married until they make the choice to have the children. It wasn't like that then, but they were examples of how strong women were or women that were in bad uh, marriages, examples of how a strong woman can stand. If you can stand in opposition, you can stand for your vision. You can stand for your dream. I said this before the break that the word of God says, that the gift, the thing that I was created to do, it makes room, it gives expansion, space for me to be able to do the thing that I am called to do. Whether it's to preach, teach, dance, write, act, you know, if it's in medicine, if it's, you know, whatever it is, the thing that calls to me the loudest that's in me It will if I'll just step into it. If I if I don't listen to the outside voices, if if I just am willing to stand, it will make room for me. It'll make room for me. Room, what does that look like? Room bears forth provision. It will I will not only just do it, but I'll do it and be successful at it to where I can I can make a livelihood at it. Do it and not only do I do it and have fun at it, but, but that I, I impact others. Do it. And not only just do it, you know, just in a small way, but I do it in a way that um, I, can, I can teach others how to do it. It makes room for me. It makes room. That, that thing that I'm called to do, it will put me at tables, that I can't get to doing something that you suggested that I should do, it makes, it makes room for me. It makes room for me. We sometimes can be our biggest enemies, though. We can see the thing, step into the thing, but another thing, <laughs> at, the, at, at, at the risk of sounding redundant, same thing, same thing, thing over and over again, uh, I have to mind, be mindful to not allow intimidation, someone who may have perfected the very thing that that I am called to do they, they perfected it, but I'm gifted to do it. and so I see them doing it well, and so I'll back up and not even try. I'll, I'll instead of going through the door, I'll exit out of rooms where favor will be there for me if only. I will use the part of me that I know speaks the loudest of who I am. How I even ended up on air is because I was making fun of my own voice. And one of the uh, the hosts, uh, a host um, that is, I don't think she's any longer on on this station, but she heard me and she reached out to me and said, you have a voice that can be used in radio. Now, I've always desired and I have had a heart to not only just do the things uh, that I do uh, with dance, but I always have been very interested in radio, interested in in television, but just didn't have the courage. And when I would listen to my own voice, I would shrink back because it's so you know it had a nasally sound and and, and it was so heavy. I would talk myself out of the room. I would talk myself out of the opportunity. She wasn't the first person to even say it to me, but she was one that I actually heard. And when I heard her, she didn't stand still. She immediately introduced me to uh, Princess Cooper. And from there, the rest is history. And so I've been on the air for the past two and a half, almost three years, just because someone heard it, because I was made to be able to do this. But even in doing this, I'm more comfortable a lot of times talking to someone else than just simply talking to you because I wonder, do I have anything really to say? I want you to know that the thing that you're most comfortable doing, even when people aren't around, nine to the ten, that thing will make room for you. It'll make a way for you to be able to do it, impact others, Uh, when we really – are here and able to give the time uh, to the show. I mean, like, and we're able, and I don't have to do, like, recaps because I'm on the road traveling because I, I do speak uh, publicly and uh, I'm on the move a lot. Uh, when I can really settle down and we can be here, we have great shows. But even in those, I become intimidated at times. And I don't want to be the one to show because what if someone rejects it? What if they don't like it? What if they, but what if I don't just ever, what if I don't reach out? The very first show that I ever did, I had almost a half a million listeners. because I just threw myself out there. I've never had a half a million people's attention at one time ever in life before that moment. I had never had. But the thing that was calling to me, even though I was afraid, I just jumped on out there, and I just did it. The same thing I was talking about when I said about me being a professional choreographer. There's not one place in my life that I've really had a template for. I mean, one that was up close, something I could get close to. I could watch it up close to where I could pattern my life and say, okay, I know I'm called to do that, and I'm going to run for it. And they're going to walk this thing out with me. No, I had to see it from afar have confidence in what was in me, throw myself off the cliff, even if I was afraid. But every time I did, I never showed up empty handed I want to ask you the question, can you see you? I mean, not the part of you that you're comfortable people seeing, but can you really see all the gifts, talents, and abilities in which you have? I'll be back in a moment.
2: This is Refresh. I'm Regina Johnson, your host. I'm going to take a quick. This isn't easy for me to admit. I got a fire inside and some words I know I can't keep in. I see faith turning. This time. I don't need Or the other It's hard truth and ridiculous Great to be known Fully known And loved by you I'm fully known The kind of love that's bulletproof, and I surrender to your kindness. Oh. One or the other It's hard truth and ridiculous Grace to be known Fully so know
1: Hey guys, this is Regina Johnson, your host for Refresh. Um, if, you've been join, if you've joined me for the first uh, half of the show, um, great. If you missed it, go back in and uh, re- listen to the recap. Uh, I hope that you'll be blessed by it. I most certainly have. Um, today's show is uh, entitled, If Only You Could See Me. And uh, I'm not saying it from the perspective, if only you can But I'm talking about us. If only I, if only I could see Today, the reason why I'm sharing that is because I think it's time for us to be able to uh, get a clear view of who we are and see ourselves appropriately. When we don't see ourselves as how we truly are created to operate, when we don't view ourselves in the perfection which God has made us, we have a tendency to settle for less, to do uh, what is comfortable, not push ourselves to the places, you know, like um, what Buzz Lightyear to beyond <laughs> infinity and and beyond. Because to push ourselves, well, let's not even to say to push ourselves, but to show up at a place where no one has ever shown up before. It's in each and every one of us. I believe that we were created to do that, those impossible things. In the Word it says, it's as greater as He that is within me than he that is, that is in the world. Why would God place himself in us, give us a portion of him, if he wasn't going to give us the power to be able to do it, to show up in the places that only can be done with him? When Christ died on the cross, or was dying, or well, even actually uh, before that, when he was talking to his disciples, he told them that he had to leave, that he was going to die. And I'm just paraphrasing. But he said that when he left, there was another that was going to come. And he was going to come and he wasn't going to just hang out with him. But he was going to come and he was going to dwell within, he was going to come and he was going to dwell within God's people. And he was going to, Allow them to be able to do what Christ had done, what they had seen Him do, and even greater things. Now, when we look at that, many of us, and when you heard it, you heard it like you, were the preacher was preaching from the platform, and, and and so you heard it like this great sermon. You know, we're going to do what Christ did, and we're going to win people to the Lord, and 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 we're going to do take take mission fields and so on. But he meant it like just. Across the board, in every area of our lives, I believe that we as Christians are meant to be showstoppers. I think we're supposed to show up in places that other people can't show up. Whether it is in corporate, whether it is in fine arts, whether it is you know, well, we say fine arts on television, on on a live stage, whether it's in dance, what if it's in as a janitor, a uh, you know, in the hallways, we're supposed to show up and do things in a way that no one else would be able to do it. If, if you're the janitor, I'm telling you, your halls, your 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 restrooms, your whatever, uh, it it should be better. They should be wondering what kind of chemicals you're using. And, you know, you should just show up in a way that blows everybody's mind that when you're not there, they're wondering, you know, where in the world did this person go? We, we need another person just like that what we have a tendency to do is we underestimate the gift that's within us, the calls that are on our lives. I heard a very profound word this past Friday. and says that, you know, many uh, of us, we know that we are are called to do various things. But in this season, that God, he's drawing and making place for our anointing. At the beginning of the show, I explained what an anointing is. You know, we think like, it's the oil, I guess, maybe, that people put on their heads. Like, I received the anointing. It's so funny. I remember the first time when I ministered, I heard someone say, and I could smell the anointing <laughs> because the, the oils that we anoint with, uh, they sometimes it's frankincense and myrrh. And so they say, I can smell the anointing. And, uh, yeah, no, it was in the oil. <laughs> this anointing is a supernatural empowerment to be able to get things done to get things done that you cannot get done in the natural. And that power rests with inside of each and every one of us. Those of us that have accepted Christ as our Savior, those of us that proclaim to be followers of Christ, we have power to show up in force, not in craziness, but in force. Today I, I was talking to uh, uh, an agent of a young man who is uh, going for a, Oh, what is it called? It is um, when you are like a chemistry test, not a chemistry test like in uh, chemistry science, but a chemistry test like uh, do we fit? It's a, it's the last staging of uh, selection, you know, when you're going for a callback for television, movies. They want to see that everything and everybody that maybe not only do you fit the film, but does the film fit you? And so when he began to share with me, he said, first let out, he said, I want you to pray uh that it works out for him. I want you to pray, you know, that door opens up. And immediately I began to tell him, you know what? When we are faced where the talents are all equal, when when everyone in the room is equally talented, that's where that special thing of how I was created that God sowed into me, that place, you know, my gift that makes room for me, that special anointing that I do, not like you. It's, it's in the same realm, but I got that little bit of extra off. That's where the difference maker takes that part of me and he makes it show up in a room with non believers and make them wonder what was it that made you stand out with people who might have been, you know, up for the job. It's that thing that makes you get called out of a crowd and and, and sat on the front row. It's that thing that that makes you, uh, uh, people see you walk in a room. You have no name, but you look like you're running things. It's, It's that thing. Can you see you? When we are identified many times, we won't even move. And the reason why we won't move is because we've already disqualified ourselves. We can't see ourselves. Other people can see us, but we cannot see ourselves. I struggled with that. Oh, listening audience, I, I struggled with, I could see, I'm bearing all this truth around my life, but I was constantly waiting on someone else to validate me, to say it was all right for me to walk in that other room. It was all right for me to receive that promotion. If you've listened to me at any point in time, especially uh, maybe if you've been with me over a year, a year and a half, I'm sure you've heard me talk about, you know, um, how many opportunities I've given away because I was so afraid to go alone. I was afraid that if I showed up in the room, I wouldn't be enough. But if I brought you into the room with me, maybe to two of us, to get it done together. I was underestimating the thing that was in me, the God part of me, to get the job done. It wasn't until about a year ago I decided, and actually the big leap was when I became host to Refresh. Before we went on break, I was talking about how, you know, for the longest I had a desire to be in radio. Um, And, you know, I, I had a desire, I have a desire Still today, and I know that I will be in television, but you know what? Taking those steps, those leaps to make it happen, I was so afraid of rejection that even when the opportunities are presented to me. I'm trying to bring a crowd with me.
2: I'm, I'm trying
1: to bring someone else that, and, and they're not even necessarily more qualified. I just, I don't know. I don't even know how to say it. I just, I don't know. I just needed people around me. Now, generally, there were times where I, if I had an opportunity and I could be a blessing to someone else, I definitely am. That's part of my nature. I'm, I'm definitely not a blessing. But many of those opportunities I gave away because I was too ashamed. I remember one time I uh, was in the final stage. Well, not even in the final stage. I was selected for a, nat- a national uh, ad campaign to be the model uh, for uh, this national ad campaign. And I gave the shot away to another model. Now, I'm not a model by profession. I just was blessed with that shot uh, during that season in my life. But I gave it away. I gave it away because I was afraid that I wasn't good enough. Can you see me? Not can other people see you, but can you see you? i Given away so many moments, so many opportunities. And I know there are those of you that are out there listening, and so have you. You downplayed your talent, your gifts, your ability. Knowing all along that you really can't, could do it. I call that the happy seed syndrome. We're happy with just knowing that we have the ability to do it, but we never do anything with it. Well, I tell you what, you'll sit along the sidelines of life until you can fully see yourself, or you'll obtain a portion of, of your gift, and never grab hold to all of who you are until you say, okay, okay, I'm going to throw myself out there, even if no one goes with me, and I know at the end of the day I'll come home with what I went after. When you can't see yourself, you always need to be loved. You always, and, and everyone needs to be loved. By. I mean, you're, you're clean. You need it. You you need In order for you to do anything, breathe, operate, you know, think well of yourself. You need someone else to say, I love you. I'm, I'm there for you. I'm, but what, the reason why I'm talking about this today, can you see me, is that you first have to be able to love you, appreciate you. It was this year that I started looking at myself and, and saying to myself, inside myself, I mean, I wasn't walking around the street going, I love this brown woman. I love that brown skin. I, I wasn't like, you know, it wasn't a national campaign. Regina loves her brown skin. But one day, I remember uh, thinking back when I was a child, it was almost taboo to be as dark as I am. And if you were dark, you couldn't be categorized as being pretty. And I remember when I, as I was growing up and I would start to hear people comment on it, I would say, like, that you're an attractive woman, you're, you're attractive, and you're dark. As if they were saying, because I was dark, I wasn't supposed to be attractive. If you were dark, you had to be ugly. And this was not, even people that were not African Americans, there were black people saying this, and, and white people even saying it, like, it's surprising. You know, like, whoa, you're brown, and you don't look bad. <laughs> And you know that's that that's that's good and that's that's fine. The problem was in, in what they thought, the problem was I couldn't celebrate me because I didn't hear a lot of ticket there were no ticket tape parades for being dark when I was growing up. And so I couldn't value who I was. I didn't see myself as pretty, I didn't see myself as attractive. And and it went and it just flowed into even my gifts until someone else said, Okay, yeah, it's good enough. Yeah. You're smart enough. Yeah, you're pretty enough. Yeah, you're powerful enough. Yeah, you have something to say. I wouldn't move, and it wasn't until I was older that I said, you know what? I have to value who I am, who I am. People walk out of my life, I was broken, shattered, disheveled. I I just couldn't pull it together because I needed their validation. Can you see me? Well, it's like a page turned in my life. It's like I moved on to another chapter. And in the start, the title of that chapter was Regina, can you see you? Can you see how you are created? Can you see the beauty of who you are? Do you love your brown skin? If nobody else does, are you comfortable with the timbre of your voice? Can you can you see all the gifts, talents, abilities that that you have that you've not tapped into? Can you see you? You don't have to be invited into someone else's room. There's a room that's uh, prepared just for for you. Can you see you? Can you see you on national, uh, a nationally syndicated television show? Can you see you? Can you see your your numbers and radio reaching reaching the the, the millions? Can you? See, you see, it's important that we first be able to see us, and when we're able to see us, then others will be able to see you. When you can see yourself and you step into and begin to walk in what you were really created to do, but be able to walk as the woman, the man in which you were created to be, then you can be light and darkness for someone else. Unfortunately, for the things that we really desire to do, there are no templates, and we refuse to become the template. Don't be afraid. If no one is doing it in your town, your 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 uh, your area, on your continent, don't be afraid to be the one that becomes the template, the first. I love this movie. It's called. Uh, it's called The Edge. I don't know if any of you have ever seen it. And it had um, Nichols. What is his name? No, it is not Nichols. I can't think of his name. But anyway, it has like big bear in it. It's Bart the Bear. He's dead now. Can we have a silent moment for Bart the Bear? Okay, we're moving on. But Bart the Bear, he basically was stalking these people. And uh, I can't think of the actor's name. I think it's important that I say it. He was in uh, – he was in Silence of the Lamb. He's like, Patrice, what was the guy's name? Who was actually, you know, Lecter, uh, Hannibal Lecter. Anyway, someone's going to get it. But anyway, in the movie, The Edge, she was there. And so he and these other guys who were in a plane crash or a helicopter crash, um, they were out in this wilderness and they had to make their way back. But Bart, the bear, was the obstacle and he was tracking them. I mean, like he was relentless. He would not go away, and he killed a couple of them that were with him. And uh, finally, there's two men, and he looks at this one guy, and he tells him, he says, I will not die in the wilderness. And basically what he's saying is there's too much purpose still left in my life. This cannot be the end of my story. So what he did was he created this weapon in the wilderness, and he said to himself, he said, I've seen other men do this. And if what one man can do, another can do. I'm at the end of my show. I want to say to you before I close, if you've ever seen it, ever done, and even if you haven't, but I'm going to say this, what one man can do, another can do. If you've seen another one doing what you desire to do, you can do it too. And even if you've not seen it, you can do it. Don't be the one that's telling the story, I wish I could have, I should have. Be the one that did it and that people write stories about. Be the light in darkness for someone. Be the light for your family and generations to come. Can you see you? This is Regina Johnson, and you've been listening to Refresh. I'll see you next week. Same back time, same that channel. Love you guys. Have a great Sunday.